Welcome. I'm your host, Andrea Maximo, and you are listening to the Electric Feminine Podcast. We did it. Season two. We wrapped it. I cannot believe it. We did it. And, you know, when this whole thing started, I'm telling you, I knew I wanted to do a podcast about something. I didn't even listen to them that much, but I just felt that there were conversations that needed to be heard and had. And, you know, I know there's different people out there doing different things, but the way I feel about it, and as my friend Rachel, who was on the show, so brilliantly pointed out, there are a million different brands of bread in the supermarket and they all make money. So there's room for me to have my discussions my way with the women I want to hear on the show. So I'm super, super, super proud of the work that myself and my team pulled off again. And the guests were so fucking amazing. Um, you know, again, just diversifying the 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 roster, bringing in women who are have experience, you know, in their older years, women who are, you know, millennial, women who are um, younger than that, just really bringing in each experience so that people, the people listening, are able to gather the information they need, what resonates with them, what does not resonate with them, getting varying perspectives ways of handling things and you know the point of this is never to change your mind or to convince you of something but it is to broaden your vision of what's possible so that you feel that you have options to choose from it feels expansive in the world as opposed to feeling that some of us feel on um, the feeling of things being very tight and tunnel vision and you don't see the possibility before you when we're dealing with our bodies, with our sensuality, with our past, with goals, whatever it may be. So this season we focused a lot. We focused on the, the gremlin. We focused a lot on our resilience as, as humans, as women and, you know, and how our bodies tie into it. And it comes down to the body, no matter how you want to spin this, it comes down to our connection to our body, to understanding not just physically what's happening in our body, but intuitively to be able to feel things and recognize that our body is there to give us information. It is a collaborator, it is a co-conspirator. It is not something that is there to work against us. Even when our bodies are ill, and the mentality may go to, I took care of you and why are you failing me? It is still a collaboration. It's as if you're telling your best friend, how dare you get sick on me? You would never say that, right? No, you would take care of your best friend. You do everything possible to make your best friend feel loved and to feel cared for. Now I'm going to tell you right now I am at home and you know as I I have been shooting at home and there are some challenges to shooting at home so you may hear some background noise forgive me um you know we we are big on our production value in the maximal household and sometimes we just got to roll with shit and the dog may pop off at any moment so if she does we're we're just going to roll <laughs> okay just that disclaimer right now um so resilience you know we we kicked off the season with me talking about my gremlin and I heard a lot from from you from you listening about how how this resonated with you and understanding what that voice is in your head and how it, it comes about and and how do we even manage it and that it's you know it's something that we we can learn to work with as opposed to thinking we need to extract it or get rid of it 
or um, that it's going to go away, right? Which we know that it, it won't. But the, the gremlin, the gremlin can eat away at the thought of you being resilient, right? The gremlin is there to remind you when it is out of control and has not been checked or given its new assignment, which is to care for you. When the gremlin is, is at its worst is when it is there to undermine your resilience, right? The moment where you want to rise to the challenge, the moment where you want to step into the unknown and be fearless, the, the the gremlin is there to remind you that you can't, which is why it is so imperative that you learn your message, your negative messaging, you understand the origin of it, you get clear on the facts of the situation and who you really are in this world and who you want to be in this world. And you give that gremlin a new job. It does not need to protect you from the unknown or the fear that you experienced when it first was born. Right. And once you get that thing under control, we're making room for so much more for you to grow into. So starting there, resilience continued throughout the season, though, you know, and I, I made notes for, for each guest because there were so many, there's so many things that each person said. So I'm just going to touch on things that stood out to me for each guest. Um, Liana Silver was our very first guest. And she's the author of The Feminine Genius, the book that I love, The Feminine Genius, The Provocative Path to Waking Up and Turning on the Wisdom of Being a Woman. I have to say the whole thing <laughs> just to give the whole, the whole title credit. But it really, ah, I can't talk about this book enough. I love how Liana broke things down. I love how Liana really made me fall in love even deeper with that energy that we possess within us that feminine, divine feminine energy that is in our womb center, in our sacral chakra area, um, the power of it, but not just the power, but the idea that this is the intuition, the womb wisdom that we need to be more tuned into, but we have been cut off from, right? We've been cut off from either because we've never been taught about the magic of our womb or how it's been presented to us um, through society's lens or just numerous experiences that are going to essentially, see doors are closing upstairs, <laughs> experiences that are going to essentially um, paint the narrative for us or create the narrative for us about our womb. Um, I think what stuck out to me too uh, uh, that I wanted to touch on was the disparities in how drugs are tested um, because women's bodies aren't reliable because of our menstrual cycle and that whole concept that they're going to test on male lab animals or on, uh, you know, testing dosage against a, a white male who might be 185 pounds and then giving me a dosage. Like, you know, it, it just blew my mind. It blew my mind. And definitely something that I want to kind of dig into a little bit more myself and understanding that and, and what's the progress been and has anybody you know, stepped into to change this. But this is why it's even more important than ever. And it always has been to know your body. Because I think in the medical industry, uh, and this is no slight on my doctor friends or my colleagues out there that I know that are in the medical industry, this is just from my experience as a young woman in a gynecologist's office. Um, you know, there are, there have been oftentimes when my feelings or my concerns have been discounted or not really heard um, or misunderstood, um, not taken seriously. I think there's something to note for the fact that uh, when I gave birth to my first son, right before uh, I was showing signs of going into labor, sooner than my 
my doctor, my OB at the time had, had anticipated. And she knew that there was a possibility that I was going to go into labor at any moment. And what she told me specifically was, she never said anything about my race or my color or how I was going to be received. But years later, when I think about this conversation I had with her, I have to wonder. And she says to me, when you get to the hospital, I really need you, even if you are kind of being able to handle the pain, because I know you got a high pain threshold, so you say, but I need you to really act like you are in pain so that they do not send you home. So they do not not take you seriously um, because you do need to have this, this baby's coming. <laughs> and I know you're far from that hospital and you need to have, you need to be in the hospital when this happens. So don't go in there and, and downplay it in any way. She's like, if anything, I want you to push it, push it a little bit more so that they hear you and they take you seriously. Now, it could have just been about anything when she said that, you know, it could be just what they generally do to women sometimes if they don't feel that they really are showing signs of true labor. And I have to wonder, you know, I have to wonder, maybe I'll have a conversation with her one day if I, you know, if I, if I decide to dig a little deeper into why she told me that. But anyway, um, you know, Liana's passion for the underdog, as she puts it, for, for seeing women and young women um, rise and seeing them falling in love with themselves to see them understand their bodies and not be afraid of their bodies or their sensuality or their energy to respect it, to love it. I loved her passion for that. And it, and it really inspired me for sure um, to want to continue to lead women in this work. So if for anything, just so that they can really start to hear and trust the voice within, right? The next person that was on the show, um, Gigi. Gigi was one of my favorites. Oh my God, I love Gigi. Gigi is a real friend in life and uh, she works for, for Groove Ride, which is the studio I co-own with my husband here in Cleveland. And she's a yoga instructor. She's fantastic. And Gigi's energy from the day I met her was electric. And I'm sure you all could feel it. And if you're watching it on your Electric Feminine membership, um, you will see her her electricity like come through the screen. But uh, Gigi, whew, man, there were so many quotes there too because Gigi is a walking quote machine. But the one that stood out to me, um, not a quote, but the conversation that stood out to me was when Gigi was speaking about the idea that body, knowing your body is one of your ways to spirit right? Knowing your body, being connected to your body, loving your body, being truly in your body and having no shame about it is your line to the divine. And I thought that was really, really beautiful. I loved our conversation, uh, you know, when we talked about preserving our energy and the importance of pouring back into ourselves. Because I know I am someone, as I, I know many of you might uh, uh, relate to this. I am someone who runs myself to the bone, um, you know, and it's because I'm ambitious and I'm excited and I get a lot of ideas and I want to do them now and I want to do them now. And I have to remind myself that I have to break, I have to recharge. And not only that, I have to do so without guilt, 
without fear that I'm missing something or in somehow, um, you know, misusing my time. That recharging is one of the most important things I could actually do with my time. And that one more email isn't necessarily going to be the thing that is going to fill me up. But taking five minutes outside and standing in the grass and in the sun is going to be the thing that might help me get through the day more so than spending time to do one more email. Um, I loved talking about um, feeding our spirit, you know, feeding our bodies uh, by taking care of our bodies, not just, you know, with the physical exercise or the things that we eat and nourish ourselves with, but the prayer you know, the meditation, if those things don't work for you, finding what works for you that creates that same connection and sensation. And that's something that I've learned recently through my own spiritual practice is that it does not have to look a certain way in order for it to be valid. And I think so many times we get caught up in the idea that it has to look a certain way, that prayer must look a certain way, that meditation must look a certain way. For me, sitting and just meditating has been very challenging for me. So what I do is I have a playlist. I have a meditation playlist and there's songs with lyrics on there that become a mantra to me or are a mantra to me. And I listen and sometimes I'll replay a song several times in a row and I'll let myself go as far in as I need to, letting that music take me because music is what moves me deeply, right? It's what moves me deeply. So that has been my um, pathway to meditation and it's what works for me. But I've also allowed myself time to recognize that, you know, sitting with my thoughts is a form of meditation without music and just being quiet and allowing my thoughts to just run and really kind of being curious about them and the source of them and, and you know, why am I fearful of that or what, what's got me so excited about that or, you know, what, what is that thought, you know, what, where's that coming from? And, and, and is it really true? And, and if you know, it's not true, Andre, then what are we going to do to, you know, shift our perspective on that? And this is the work that I do with myself and it takes time. It takes time. We are so willing to sit with other people and help solve their problems, right? We'll sit and we'll listen for hours to our friends, but we don't want to sit and listen to ourselves. I'm guilty of this shit. So trust me, I am preaching, taking my own advice all at once here. You know, Rachel Von Hendricks, who was on next, I just love saying her name. She's so fancy. <laughs> Rachel Von Hendricks is one of my best friends as well. And she, whoo, Rachel and I get into some conversations. And one day you'll really, really get to hear some more of our conversations when we talk about the rest of the things that happen in this world, right? Um, the world ain't ready though for those conversations yet, but I can't wait when we do because she is someone who has always made me think from the first conversation I had with her. She is someone who has always shared with me a different perspective so that I can grow, not to change my mind, but just to simply tell me, hey, you know what? There's more to that picture than they are actually showing you. Let me let me show you. And I'm so grateful to her for that. And her husband, Eric, is, is brilliant as well. And to sit and talk with both of them is to sit and and be in the presence of just expansion and knowledge and, and perspectives and possibility of what else we could learn. And I love that because I'm a sponge. I want to learn things. But Rachel and I had a great time. I, I mean, you know, for me, I think Rachel really 
hit it on the head with how do we source our resilience, right? Because this is a question that has plagued me. How come some people are able to just tap into it, don't even maybe realize they're doing it, but they just push through and are able to thrive and go through the hardest situations and somehow continue to grow and get stronger and other people succumb to them. And what is the switch that has to be flipped in order for you to recognize that you have the resilience within you? And when Rachel's talked about that it had to be about her not focusing on five years from now, right? So coming to a goal coach at that point in her life when she was working in a bar and she felt that it was a very low point in her life based on the things that she had been experiencing, had experienced, and was experiencing, what would I have been able to offer her in that moment would not have been what she needed, which is future thinking. What Rachel pointed to was she had to focus on the then and now. What do I need right now to shift? Right. But even before that, it was recognizing that everything that happened to her was not her, that her past was not her, that her experiences, the, you know, the abuse or anything that she may have experienced. And this goes for all of you did not mean that this was supposed to be her life. And she just needed to give herself the chance to recognize that there could be something else for her. And that was the catalyst that was needed to then step into the idea of what do I need right now to make that first change, little by little. And I think that can apply to anything in our lives when we're feeling challenged and overwhelmed is that we want to attack the entire thing at once. And then we don't, we freeze, we panic. Where do we even start? It just seems too big of a mountain to even begin to climb. And Rachel's point of just focusing on what can actually be changed right now was amazing. And then Delaney, Delaney. So I loved having Delaney on because Delaney, I know, is a very young woman. You know, she is one of my thunder kittens, <laughs> as I affectionately call her. And, you know, getting to know her as she worked when she worked for Groove Ride for a little while as one of our instructors and knowing what she did um, at that time with the Cleveland Rape Crisis Center. Um, all of her work, I was just fascinated by this person. I was fascinated by her depth, her maturity, her insight. Um, she was brilliant. She was brilliant to me. And I knew I wanted to have her on the show. And I think that Delaney and her focus on um, helping people really trust themselves and understand how to trust themselves and how to discern between the negative voice, the gremlin, and their true intuition, their higher coach, uh, their inner knowledge, you know, that that is stuff that we all need. And what also stood out to me, though, was the idea that, you know, it just can't all be woo with this life coaching stuff, with this personal development stuff, meaning that we can't just make vision boards. You know, I love a good vision board party. Trust me, I am an arts and crafts chick. I will vision board the shit out of something. And without action behind it, it's just a pretty picture. You got to put action behind it, whether that's, you know, creating your actual goals that are going to help you get to that vision that you just created on your vision board. But even beyond the actual goals, it's breaking down the minute goals that then have to happen to even get to those goals, to get to the vision board that you created. It's the willingness to understand that there are steps that have to be taken, that manifestation alone is not going to be the thing to do it. That manifestation is the catalyst 
right? It's the idea that you can manifest actively, not passively, right? The concept that I can come up with and then manifesting the steps it's going to take me to get there, not just the finished product. That's where we take the woo all the way out, or at least somewhat out, and we put both the action and the woo together, right? So it's not just us talking about it. I think it was important too, um, the the love and light set part when she talked about we can't love and light it away. Uh, You know, I use that term a lot. And when I do so, I use that term more so to comfort people and to, you know, in my way of saying my condolences, or I'm sorry, that's happened to you. Uh, or I'm thinking of you. But I remember a situation, you know, where I I had a really hard, it was fucked up. Like I basically tried to squeeze my truck. This was years ago in LA. I tried to squeeze my truck by another truck and tore out the entire side of my truck, like a can opener. Right. And this, this was not good. This was not good on multiple levels. And I remember getting to my dance studio at the time and, and being so upset about this and, you know, had seen a mechanic already at this point. It's going to cost me $800. You know, we were newlyweds. This wasn't really money I could afford. We had a baby. Um, And the person I was telling this to, rather than just listen or have empathy for me, not necessarily have to get into my bad mood with me. That's not what I was looking for, but just to have empathy. Her response was, well, maybe the mechanic needed the $800 more than you did. I really wanted to slap her. (laughs) across her face I get where her intention was but her timing was bullshit I'm sorry it just is that to me is the definition of love and lighting it away it's not taking the time to recognize that someone is going through something you know that what they're going through is valid that um, love and lighting it away is dismissing it and not allowing them to have their feelings about it and that's bullshit I'm not down for that. Uh, Marianne, woo, let's talk about hot fire. I love Marianne, man. I heard Marianne on a clubhouse months ago when I got on with Zosimo and she is just like fire. I love her energy. I love her directness. I love the fight and the passion that she has and the clarity with which she executes um, you know, her activism against ageism, I think is badass. Uh, definitely somebody I'm like, I aspire to be you. <laughs> one day. Um, But I love talking to Marianne about the different stages of womanhood and how, you know, we're we're really just trying to figure it out at each stage and giving ourselves the space and the grace to do so. So puberty, you you just like imagine the woman you want to be, right? Then maybe you're in your 20s and your 30s and you're trying to be that woman where you can't really figure out who that woman is and you're, you're trying to be multiple women, whatever might be going on, right? And this isn't everybody. These are generalizations, right? But this you get to your 40s and your 50s, and it's then about being finally the woman you want to be, or the one you thought of when you were in puberty, the one you were trying so hard to be in the 20s and 30s, but you were just doing too much, really, just doing too much. You get to your 40s and 50s, and it's about the being piece. And I couldn't agree more because that's definitely, I mean, and I'm not saying that I'm I'm not having shit upturned and there's not still new stuff I'm learning. I am leveling up constantly. I'm leveling up even within this year. Um, 
you know, seeing things where I thought I was settled into and then nope, not yet, girl, because there's more in there. There's more to learn. There's more to mine. So I love that. I love that the idea that this is our time. My women, my women in our 40s and our 50s is our time to just be. So maybe not trying so hard to do anymore. Recognizing you've done it. Be it now. Just be it. Be about it. Gen Speed. Gen Speed is my bestie girl. That's my BFF. I'm definitely one of my best friends in this universe. Gen Speed is love and light for real. <laughs> like if love and light were a person, it'd be Gen Speed. Um, with a shout out tequila. I love my Gen Speed. Gen Speed, I think that conversation was so important. I think it was so important for mamas to hear. And, you know, Jen and I, as moms, we talk a lot about, about the energy output, about what happens when we don't put it back in, recognizing, you know, the importance of, of us knowing our bodies. Um, but what stood out to me with Jen was, uh, there's so many parts again, but this one part I thought was really important because this is about advocacy for yourself to me, about understanding consent for yourself, about just knowing yourself. And when she was able to be in her body, to really recognize what her body craved or understood or wanted or needed, um, she was able to then actually vocalize to her husband and her partner what she needed. Prior to that, you know, according to Jen, you know, if, if, if that recognition had happened any sooner that, you know, that discovery that, Hey, I actually don't like these kinds of things. They don't turn me on. She may not have had the capacity to find the words to actually advocate for herself to say what does work for her, but taking that time, maturity, experience, lovingly being in her body, knowing her body, um, understanding her body, collaborating with her body, gave her the words to be able to say what she had to say bravely, to have that brave communication. And I think that's missing from, for a lot of us, our ability to not just be in our bodies and know our bodies and love our bodies, but then to express what our bodies actually need when we're in intimate situations with other people. And you know, this is the difference between you being passive on this beautiful, you know, intimate sex ride, you may be involved this sacred sex ride you're on uh, with this person or you being a true collaborator and participant in it with this person, right? Which to me, the latter is far more uh, engaging, exciting and promising than me just being along for the ride. I've done that shit years in the past. Ain't no more rides. I wanna be part of this, I'm driving too. <laughs> Um, yeah, we closed it out with Dawn Rivers. Dawn, oh man, Dawn is a good friend. I've known Dawn for years. She's one of the first um, Black yogis, actually, I met here in Cleveland. And I was so excited. I saw her in the studio and I was like, oh shit, it's like a unicorn. Um, I'm sorry, there just were not, <laughs> there were not many in Cleveland back in the days. Um, and the community definitely is growing, which is exciting. And Dawn is one of the people I would say is, is, is at the lead of that in our community of really being a great, beautiful activist um, for yogis of color uh, through her initiatives that she started with the Ohio yogis of color and, you know, her continued efforts um, to bring yoga to, to, to black people, to people of brown people, people of color, all races, um, all shapes, very, you know, very much um, passionate about making yoga accessible, period. And I respect her so much for that. And it's been amazing to watch her grow her business and start it 
and then to where she is now and just even who she is as a person from when I met her to who she is now. And it, it's been a beautiful thing to watch. Dawn is brilliant, really smart woman. Um, she is funny. She, you know, has so much insight. And as she learns, she shares. And, and I love that about her. I do. Um, one of the things I think that stood out to me, uh, again, so many good nuggets for her from her uh, episode, but was the thing about discovering that her body was a wonderland, you know, and really recognizing the beauty of her body. Um, being able to, uh, sorry, I'm just like checking out my notes here to make sure I get it all in. The understanding that we're all resilient, that piece. Um, and the more, again, that you're in your body, the more you're understanding, you know, where you can summon that resilience from. Um, I think this is really about all the episodes. It comes down to our willingness to, to do the work to really be in our bodies, but first recognizing where we're not, when we're not and, and where we're not in our bodies. Um, I don't think it's, it's something that we can ignore any longer. You know, if, if, we're, if we're in that place of wanting to create true, true, true change for ourselves, if we really are wanting to see our growth, to get past the pain of the past, to get past the, the heartbreaks or the, the traumas that we may have experienced, there needs to be the collaboration between your mind, your body, and your soul. That's how Mary had a little laugh. <laughs> I am so excited for season three. Yes, we are already in the works for season three. Again, we want to mix it up. We recognized, um, we being me and Ritzba, um, who helps me produce the show, my wonderful Ritzba, Riz and I recognized that, you know, we, we have had many guests on that are speaking more so from the hetero perspective of a hetero relationship. And we wanted to ensure that we were being inclusive and really just, um, opening up the stories that are there because the stories are, are more than just, uh, between male, female, gender, when we're talking about our our, our energies and our dy dynamics between us and getting into our bodies and things like that. And I think it's important that we address that. I think it's important that we have guests on that can speak to that. Um, and yes, we are always looking for suggestions from you. We're always looking for story ideas or guests that you are following that you love and you'd love us to try and get on the show Please, 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 please. This is an active um, exchange of information here and we love it. And any feedback you'd love to share with us again, as long, you know, just make it constructive, please. And always come with maybe a suggestion if you can offer one and it will be received with open arms. All right, my amazing humans, be good to you. Be good to each other. See you in season three. Much love, keep passing it on. Thank you for listening to the Electric Feminine Podcast with me, your host, Anjua Maxmo. If you're ready to dive into this work of developing your connection to your goddess energy, of removing those obstacles standing in your way, please reach out at info at or you can check out my courses available and my private coaching at www.anjuamaximo.com. Be good to you. Be good to each other.